I'm very pleased to be joined today by Per Brevik from Heidelberg Cement, who I was also incredibly lucky to have as a speaker at our recent event. So hi, Per. Thank you. So today we are going to talk a little bit about um, a project that you've been spearheading for Heidelberg Cement, which I think a lot of people will have heard of if they are either in a hard to abate sector or have been doing any research around CCUS. So um, I wonder if you could just give us a little bit of context for you and your role, but also this CCUS project that you've been spearheading for the company. Yes, my name is Kebrenik. I've been, actually I've worked, I'm, I've worked in more than 20, 31 years in, in Norsem and uh, now Heidelberg, which is part of Heidelberg Cement. Uh, my background is an uh, economist, actually. And, uh, but after, after a while, when I, I, I came to Norsem, then I started, at that time, I started uh, working with uh, environmental issues and uh, alternative fuels, which is uh, then to re substitute as much or as we can of the fossil fuels in the cement production. That's the basis when we started to work with this. And uh, so I worked with that for a lot of years, but then end of the 90s, last part of the 90s, then the question come, yes, what should we do? We have we are now seeing a European trade emission trading scheme. Uh, what will what will happen? And then we I had a long discussion with my boss, and then we, we concluded actually yes, uh, CO2 is a challenge for the cement industry, but it's also I think it's a huge opportunity that we can work with it, and that has been the uh, the basis for 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 our discussions in. For a long time, and then we are going coming to the around 2005, 2006. We have the first discussion internally if we should look at carbon capture and carbon ca and storage and maybe some usage, etc. But we started out as carbon captures and storage. That was the first thing, but it was desktop studies. And we thought well, some people were quite crazy to talk about this, etc. cetera. Uh, but after a while, we, we understood that maybe we are the most crazy ones because we, we thought this, this might be a possibility. And from autumn 2010, I, I know exactly when we decided this, the 27th of October, then we said, let's go for it. Let's see if it's possible to do this. And then we had some... We received some funding from some friends in in the, what that's called ECRA, European Cement and Research Association. They said, "Okay, if you want to do a first study to look at the possibilities to see what and and find out what's done in the cement industry on carbon capture and storage, they funded that first study, but that was that became." actually the pre-study for us to go into and starting to, to apply for funding to do this stepwise uh, development. So now at the moment, the conversation is everywhere about CCUS, whether you're a believer or a detractor, you know, it's a common conversation. But even in 2010, other than in perhaps some parts of the oil industry in the States, not many people in Europe were talking about it. So how did the conversation internally, you know, did you have a lot of people to persuade or 
Did it just feel like, no, the time is right? What what kind of reception did you get internally? Uh, actually, I, I will uh, mention my boss again. He was fantastic. He said, you are right. This is this is really important to improve it because, you know, the cement industry, we count for between 6 and 8% of the CO2 emissions in the world everywhere. And of course, we have a lot of it is in China, et cetera, but we, and we don't know very much about Chinese, uh, but we know that a lot of the cement is produced there and it's used there. But as he said, go on, let's take the first moves and see if it's possible. Then we started, we got some funding to, and we could apply for more funding. And then uh, the most important step we took was in 2013 to 2017. Then we had we executed a huge study where we tested altogether four different different technologies on real flue gas. And we have some of you might know that we in Norway have a test center in Mongstad on the western coast. But for us, we are uh, as you, as you said, Alec that we were among the first ones. And if we hadn't tested this on our own flue gas, real flue gas from the cement industry, we couldn't persuade anybody to, to, to go on further. So we have to take step by step, and we tested out our plant. We said, yes, this is possible. The capturing will be there. And then at that time, the Norwegian government started also to discuss if it was possible to establish a full-scale full chain from emitter, condition it, you emit it, emit it, you capture it, you condition it, then you transported it, and you stored it in the North Sea. And actually, when they decided to go there, and then you also have the distribution of the work and the responsibility. So as long as we could work with capturing and conditioning, we are on our, on our, on our home ground. We can nothing about transport of CO2 and on storing. But then you find others, and that's Equinor. You have the, this uh, consortium uh, with the Equinor, Total, and Shell, Northern Lights, and they are now operating, and they have the competence to work both on transport, they are used to transport of oil and gas, etc., and they know everything about the, the ground below the sea. So, so that was a start, and then we have taken step by step. I always say that we were dependent on having this step by step because we had to learn ourselves that we have to convince our management here in Norway and even late and later also in Germany. You have to convince them this is the right step to take. But uh, it has taken the time, but we, we managed and then. The Norwegian authorities uh, or government proposed in September, we want to propose uh, to go with the, with the NORSEM as a capture plant together with Northern Lights, with transport and uh, storage. And then it was, it was approved in the parliament just mid-December last year. And now we, have, now we are starting. Well, that brings me neatly then to the next question, which is right now, what's the status on the ground? So what's that right, you know, outside the door or wherever this is going on, what's the status of the project today? We are organizing, we are building up our full organization. We have uh, put in the right people. We have uh, uh, 
project director, we have a project manager, etc. And we have organized the different packages. And we started last year. Actually, we had a permission to, to, to start a little bit on beforehand when, when we knew that they at least will propose that we should be the, 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 the capturing plant. But then, because when you are producing cement, you have one winter repair. At least we have it in Norway. One pair, three to four weeks every year when you have a full the, the plant is uh, taken down, and then you do all the maintenance stuff, the big maintenance stuff. And in Norway, you do it in the later, l- l- later part of the winter. So we hopefully, uh, at least uh, most of the years, we can do it the last three or four weeks before the Easter. Because just after Easter, then the building season starts in Norway. So, that, that was, so we did some work uh, last autumn. Because we knew that if this is a approval mid-December, we can start the 2nd of January, which was the 4th of January this year, of course. Then we started, and we have to be prepared when you come to the winter start. And that's actually what we are doing. We are organizing it, but we are also starting to de- demolish things, to move things, etc. Because we, are, we will demolish and move the first year. And then we will start to build up new areas uh, and prepare for the archer uh, technology or the, the huge parts of it which will come from actually end of 2022 then we will move in the new machinery and to build up a new plant actually because we are actually going to build a new plant aside the cement plant and then connect it and it has to be integrated so it's it's a huge, really impressive plans and a huge project. And if we still manage to do this, and at the same time produce the 1.3 million tons of cement every year, then we have this is then then we have achieved everything we should dream of. And I I'm I'm still optimistic. We have a good, really good project team. I think we are, I have never seen such a well planned project in my lifetime as a cement guyman, there are always something that can happen. I imagine the uh, plant director has his eyes on you most days. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a good friend of mine. <laughs> so uh, hopefully that's... For now. <laughs> so you mentioned that it started out life as a kind of purely being tested as a CCS, so you know, purely for sequestration. What what's uh, the situation now? Like, is there a proportion of your CO two that you're expecting to put back into reuse or to you know put into the CO two market? What's what's the reality around that? No, actually, on our, for our project, uh, everything should go to 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 storage sequestration, uh, and the reason is that we have we have an agreement with the ministry. And the minister, they are very focused on that. We should uh, find out and demonstrate that sequestration is safe and functions well. Although we, Norway has a lot of experience already from, from storing CO2 on the Sleipner field. We have done that for 24 years. And uh, we, we are confident, but of course, Everybody doesn't know everything about that, so we have to convince somebody still. But, of course, there is, in the, in the agreement with the ministry, 
there is a possibility. And if we find a good project, project which we can help or support by giving them some of the CO2 from our plant, it's possible to discuss that with the ministry. But the plan is that everything shall go to storage. So essentially, you're, although this is a large project in and of its own right, you are part of a bigger system project, aren't you, really? Yes, we are. But as I say, I, I always say, the amount of CO2 is enormous. And there will come really good projects for usage, definitely. But you will always need the storage as a, the basis of it. You need that. You, some of this, yes, this will go to uh, storage, etc. But if you find good projects, definitely we shall go for that and see if it's possible to develop that further. So, as you as you mentioned, you, this project really was made viable by Norwegian government money. What are you learning, or what's your sense of what would make a project like this investable without government money? Like, I mean, I know at the moment, if I asked most companies, they'd say we all need government money. But what what are you learning about either the the nature of projects that might be investable without that, or is there a timeline when you think government money wouldn't be so essential? Is, is there anything that you could share around that? We have a lot of funding, but uh, not everything. Uh, so we have a, we have to make a small business model ourselves because Heidelberg Cement uh, has a commitment for around 20%, a little bit more than 20% of the investments and the uh, operating costs. So we have to come for the first years. We, we That's our money or challenge, of course. And so, as you say, you need some income. You need you need to make an investment analysis, uh, etc. And the income for us is that we keep the allowances, which we don't need. They can be, they can be sold internally or externally, etc. That's the only income we have from, from, from that. So, so that's the one thing. And as, as I always say, uh, I'm sure the, the cost of emitting CO2 will increase. I can't tell them if it's to be very quickly or take a lot of time, but you have had an increase of the CO2 price. It's about 35 euros today. That's the, the one side of it. The other side is the cost of the equipment you need. I'm also sure that the cost of the equipment to capture, to store, it's, uh, or to condition, etc., that will go down. So the gap where you know that where you need this funding, it will the gap will at least be smaller. And in some years, I think that uh, they they might uh, meet it under these two these two curves that they will meet. But I'm most optimistic, but I think you are right. For the coming five to 10 years, you are dependent, very much dependent on some funding. And then you always have, as I see, at least uh, you, you, need, you can see three different, different sources. You have public funding from the authorities, the way we did, having it in the national budget, et cetera. Uh, I don't think there will be many others, but there will be some national funding. We will, ha we will have a, a fund in Norway that can be applied for, for funding, etc. That will be possible. Then you have EU. Uh, you, are not, you are not part of the EU anymore. Uh, we are not part of the EU, but there will be. We, can, we pay so much money to the system so we can apply for funding from the investment, uh, the, this innovation fund. 
and I'm sure UK will do the same, do the same afterwards. But but of course, uh, we we that will be the second source. You have the EU funding, and then you have the third source that that will be the the, the business or the companies themselves. And of course, the national funding will be be reduced. I think for some years there will be a possibility for the for the EU funding, and of course the the part of the total funding will be will increase on the on the company's hand. I'm sure it will. But if the cost will also go down, I think it's not it's reasonable that it goes like this. But if it takes five years or ten years, no, I can't say. I'm sorry. Okay, so um, as you're saying, significant funding, although some self-funding from Heidelberg Cement. Just let's put that into context, the scale of the project there, because you just described it as effectively having to demolish part of what exists to build a second plant, in effect, next to the cement plant. So that is to do the capture and to do the, um, I think you used the word conditioning. Just try and paint, it's always hard on, on an audio podcast, but if you can paint a picture, what sort of um, scale of land use is that? And, and how many people are going to be involved in the development of the project in this next phase? Just, just to give it a bit of color and shape to people that are listening. Actually, that's difficult for me to say, but the cost of this project, which is actually 300 million euros, the total cost, and that's the same as the cement plant. So it's the same size. Or, or it needs a lot of size, a lot of space to, 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 to function. And of course, while you are building this, there will be a lot of people there you have an average of uh, we'll have an average of about 250 and 300 people extra working on the plant when you are going to erect this. But when you when you are in operation, we hope and think that we will have between 20 and 25 new operators, operators but quite different operators. These people will vary. They will be top qualified chemical engineers. They will know much, a lot of things that we don't know anything about today <laughs> of our operators, etc., which work and they are positive, etc. But they will a different, they, uh, di- quite different uh, competence we will need. But when we are we are look at it, and from we we will have the same uh, control room, etc., as the cement plant, but you will have this special competence when working twenty four seven. Etc. as a cement plant. And in, in terms of the technology, um, and please, if this is, I know this is still in discussion, so there's no pressure to answer if you can't, but it's not it's not developed in-house. It's not been bought out by Heidelberg Cement. It's it, You are doing this with a technology partner. Can you say anything about the type of technology? Because obviously there are different types of CCU. Uh, there are different uh, technologies uh, for capturing. And... Uh, Amine solution, using an amine solution, mixing it with a with a with a flue gas, etc. That's the most mature technology today. It has been tested. Different technologies has been tested, but these amine solutions has been the most mature. And we decided quite early after after the test period, we have just tested membranes. We have tested other technologies, uh, uh, and we have also tested uh, not a liquid mix of uh, amine, but a solid mix, etc. 
but our conclusion was at that time, and now we are talking 2015, 2016, at that time, there was only amine solutions which were mature enough to go on to, for a full scale. But today, I see both, uh, I, I mentioned uh, uh, the, the membranes, you have the oxyfuel technology, which very, a lot of people are very positive to use and think we should test. And I know that Heidelberg Cement, among others, you are now discussing to have a full-scale test on that one, new technology. But then you have to rebuild existing plants. So I also, also think that maybe oxyfuel technology will be much more normal to use or uh, adequate to use them if you are building a new plant. And the same if you go for, for what uh, cement guys like me, we are talking when we are talking about um, uh, carbonate, uh, carbonate looping, where, where you use actually limestone as an absorbent. Cement guys like me, oh, that's, uh, that's fantastic. But we also have concluded that, yes, if you are going to build a new plant, greenfield plant, then it's okay. But to rebuild or to do something, it's too much into it, to put it into an existing plant. But if you build a plant with that purpose, et cetera, then, then I'm sure you can manage it. Moving into a slightly uh, different area then, I, you've mentioned that you're part of a sort of a broader system of projects, if you like. There is a lot of interest at the moment, I think, in the business model and the supply chain that has to build up around carbon capture. Um, I mean, this is an incredibly broad question, but I wonder if you can, can you sort of give a sense to the investors and industrials and people listening who, who have less, perhaps less experience in CCOS, what, what is that supply chain that is needed? And yeah, is there anything you're already learning about the potential future business model for carbon capture as well? As I mentioned, we you need some income, definitely, uh, of course. and. Uh, you have one discussion, of course, will the cement and the concrete be much more expensive? That's an important discussion. And, and we have actually, can I can mention that, that we have studied together with a, one of the biggest entrepreneurs here in Norway, we discussed four concrete, pro, concrete projects. One for a uh, normal house from offices, industry, and from infrastructure. And then we we did some calculations. If the cement was the, has the double price as it had at that time, what were the consequences for the total building costs? And even if the cement was doubled, the cement price was doubled, the effect on a normal house for you and me, less than a percent, the increase of the costs. You will be on a level one, two, three percent increase if you go to office building, etc. But when you go to a huge infrastructure project where the concrete is a much bigger part of the total cost, then you might have the concrete uh, have an increase of five to eight percent. And that might be huge money because infrastructure projects they are costly. And if you have a huge one of the figures are a big one, then the even a small part of it will be will be a lot of money. So we have we have been very focused on that because how much are people willing to pay extra for a premium product? 
And then it will always be those builders that has to pay because the first uh, the first uh, one of where we deliver this to a concrete producer, he can take all the costs if you want to. So you have to find out somebody has to pay in the last last draw here. So that's that's important. But that's one thing. I think also, I think there at least it's different, a little bit different around, but the Norwegian authorities, they are building a lot of a lot every year, huge projects. And I'm quite sure that they will ask for the CCS cement. Or, and I think that that's quite normal. If they have funded a huge project, then they, they also have to use it. And of course, with a lot of funding, the increase for our product will not be that big as it will be. But as long as we, if we work together and find out solutions that the costs for capturing, conditioning, etc., will go down, then it will be possible to, to manage this. At least that's my my definitely thought of this. So when you kind of look at kind of moving forward away, I mean, obviously this project still has a long way to go, but to future projects, what is, is it this issue of the market for low carbon cement that's the biggest challenge, do you think? Is it that business model piece or is there some other kind of aspect to these projects that you also need think needs to to be addressed to to made easier to deal with i think i think there will there is sustainability is so important today and it will increase the 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 discussion regarding sustainability it will be even more important Uh, therefore i am also very concerned about that we have to document this. You need a documentation that you have such and such footprint. And you have a, we have a competition, of course, with regarding building materials, with the wood in Norway and Scandinavia. We have the, the steel, this, the glass, etc. But especially towards competing with wood products, then it's, as I say, we are much better than them to document. A tree, yes, it's green, but they haven't documented it. And especially if you have, if you build a lot, as we do with trees in Norway, if you if you bring the the, the products from southern Europe, then at least you have a transport part of it. It has to be included in so that we so documentation to have a system where you can com- compare the different uh, building materials in an okay way. It's so as I say, it's not apple and pears, but at least different color on the apples. Then, then it's okay to, to it's correct enough to do that. That's one thing I think it's so important to 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 bring in, and and I think public projects is so important. And I'm quite sure if they are going to build some huge huge public projects in Norway, they will ask for it to have this pro, this kind of cement when we are on, out in the market. So you mentioned that the project has sort of been in gestation, if you like, for 15 years. The last 10 has been the real kind of core activity. What What's the realistic timeline for future projects? So a lot of that obviously was about all sorts of feasibility, not just about the site, but about the broader technology. What, what's your sense of the, the sort of length of time that future projects might take to go from idea through to you know, the phase you're at now, about to break ground, as it were. 
the project I know best is the, of course what we are doing here in Heidelberg Cement. And actually, we had an internal seminar a short time ago, and at the moment they are running eight projects in Heidelberg Cement with CCS. Brevik is in the first, yes, we are in the Champions League and we are the most mature and we are starting to realize that we have a really good project in Canada, but we have also in in, in uh, Belgium, in Sweden, etc. So seven of these projects are in Europe. That, that's fine and interesting. But I think we, we are now speeding up because we are working very hard with the, the project in Sweden, Sleet Plant in Gotland, which is the, the we will capture close to four times the same amount as in Brevik if we manage to do but there we are doing the feasibility studies and seeing looking at how to do this in a much quicker way if we can put it like that and i think that it's not unrealistic that we are talking about to cutting the time to if you say we started last year then we go the, the we can be in operation in eight years. I know that in Belgium they have a good project in Lixa, some different technology, but they are functioning and they will be up running in five years. I think. So it is it is gaining speed as well as yeah affordability. And the focus is so important that we have a we have a really good focus from the top management in hybrid cement at the moment. They say that okay it's costly but we have the possibility. We have to have we are having a uh, Good situation. We are the first. We are front runners at the moment. Let's stay there, and that's good to hear from them. Well, that that kind of leads me to my last question then, which um, you already mentioned that having that proper, real kind of focused commitment from C-suite and senior management is one of one of the kind of hallmarks of a, a successful project. This success, successful project. What? If you had a head of decarbonization from another industrial in front of you, what, what advice might you offer? What what have you learned? What questions have you started asking that maybe weren't asked to begin with? Is there anything that you would say to someone, look, if I were you, these three things are what you need to focus on or think about in order to succeed in a project like this? What what comes to mind? The first thing is to, to see if you can, you have some people there some can help you to, to have your, the first glimpse of a business model that this might be the right thing to do. You, and based on that, one thing there is, of course, you look out and see how will the climate change regime be in the future. If you see that, yeah, yes, there will come, there will be tighter. If it's the ETS, etc., it will be tighter. You have to do something. You have to take measures now. That, that's one thing. That that's the understanding in a way. And then, if you have a building, uh, if you have a business model, then then it's important. Uh, then you have to have people committed to this to to work. You organize a project with committed people. You need the commitment that they want to do it. They want to do this. Uh, of course, that, I think that that's so important. And Actually, one technical thing, and I think the question, the, the answer very often will be yes. Will there is, a, will you need to test it on your fuel gas, etc.? And I think very often, if you haven't done anything in this in your industry first, then I think prepare for testing. See if you can, and, and there are a lot of technology providers which can offer you to have tests. Uh, 
pilot uh, pilot system, etc., which they can use and come and, and test it. I think it's so important to to do those first testings. And the way Arker, which is now our technology provider, the way they executed that test period was one of the things that uh, convinced us that this is the right partner for us. So if you you, you need organization, you need to to work with it, you need a business case and you need to see which step we'll have to go through before you can take a decision on this. Well, look, uh, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I really have appreciated not just talking to you today, but thanks so much for getting involved in our first event as well and being just so generous with what you've learnt um, from this project and also how Heidelberg Cement is proceeding with it. So thank you, Pear. Thank you very much. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak with you.